0: Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor.
1: Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers Midweek Fix. The show is brought to you in association with footballprizes.co.uk. Um, this week's prize for anyone with a Liverpool interest is a signed and framed Jordan Henderson short. Uh, tickets are available for £4.95. It's a great prize, a great website. You know, tickets limited to 99. Get on there, have a chance. You never know. You might be, might be in with a chance of winning something. Uh, so I'm your host, Keith, tonight, and I'm joined by Jamie Home. Jamie, how are you? All good, mate. Well, uh, I say that after United look like they've uh, just
2: got another <laughs> scaldy three points. But other than that, mate, couldn't be better. Don't
1: worry about them and their spawning wins. Don't be worried about them. Too <laughs> so many people are losing sleep over them. There's plenty of time to go with this. Plenty of time for them to blow their muck anyway and finishing about fourth. So I'm not worried yet. I'll caveat that. <laughs> way, yeah. uh, I'm delighted to be joined by Joe Eamon from Oli TV. Joe, how are you? Yeah, good mate, good. I'm the same. I'm
3: the same as your man Jamie. Yeah, we don't want Man <laughs> United top of the league, do we? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, I'm doing good.
1: But <laughs> it's it's a weird one, isn't it? It's it's yeah. really strange they we were just talking off air, and you know they're not a great team. They're, yeah. they're Jamie, you were saying they remind you very much of old Liverpool, and you know it. It can't it, go on, can
2: it? I I hope not. Uh, it it just <laughs> makes it harder for me because I'm. Like obviously, I'm I'm from Liverpool, and there wasn't many Man United fans knocking about back home. And since I moved to Dublin, I'm surrounded by United fans, so it just makes everything ten times worse. I'm in mean, WhatsApp groups of Man United fans, and as soon as anything happens, my, my phone doesn't stop. Uh, but yeah, to to look at the football side of things, like they have, they've been spurred on by Bruno Fernandes. He's he's fantastic when he's allowed to play his own game. I, I kind of think of a little bit of a flat track bully in a way. Um, do you know what I mean? They're very good at disposing of the, the, the weaker sides if you allow them to play their game. I, I kind of look at United. I was watching tonight. Look, Burnley aren't great. They were defending resolute. But if Man, United, if, if, if Man United can break through that first line of the press, they break with such pace. Their front lads are a real danger. And if Fernandes can get on the half turn or Pogba can, can get on the half turn and get away, look, they've they've got some talented players, what I would say. I don't think it's anything to do with the manager. I just, I, I think they're being carried by individual talents and no special moments or a little rub of the green, whether it's been penalties or whatever. They've just got that art of, of finding a way to get the results. Um, I I don't think and I hope it's not sustainable over the course of the season.
1: Yeah, it, they are getting a lot of luck. You know? they're, not, they're not having good performances, but at the end of the day, we went through last season getting wins when we needed to get wins, so... And I'm sure, Joe, you've seen that as well in the Championship, those right. times when you just have to get over the line. Um, so you'll take whatever you can get. Yeah, um, we're going to be joined by Matt Hayes now from um, the Tottenham blog. Matt, how are you? Are you All good. Us, how are you,
2: yeah, lads?
1: Give us a thumbs up there. Ah. Good stuff, good stuff. Matt, <laughs> we well, only have that kicking off. He said we'd hang around if we we'll give you as much. Yeah, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Sorry, my connection's
4: a bit dodgy. Just open the laptop. Good stuff, good
1: stuff. Um, So, right, folks, what we're going to do is we're going to have a little recap of the weekend's FA Cup glamour, magic, not so much bit of tragic for Joe, but (laughs) we're going to look at um, a couple of, uh, focusing on, um, you know, the Liverpool game, obviously from a Liverpool angle, Uh, we're going to look at Leeds' unfortunate um, defeat there to Crawley, and then we have Matt to talk about sports but also we have a former Marine footballer on the panel tonight it will give you a clue it's not me uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, give you the, the the lowdown on Marine and just what the, a game of that magnitude would mean to a club like that um, we're going to then look at the, maybe the season's expectations for the teams going into the second half of the season if we think there'll be any transfer business done for, for any of the clubs and um, then look forward to any uh, games that are coming up for for the teams as well, so look, the, the FA Cup. Joe, I'm gonna start with you on this. I watched the game it, get it know, out the way, way, way early, Joe. And look, anyone in the chat, throw his comments in, throw his chats in. Uh, you know me for hosting, I am absolutely brutal for putting the, the comments up on the screen, bro. I'll give it an extra special uh, attention tonight. Um, if you have for the lads, but Joe, look, it was it was a shock, I wasn't it, at the weekend. Um, yeah. How I watched the game and it was one of them that I just thought Leeds are comfortable enough here. They didn't really look at the races and and I've seen a bit of your um your watch along and you weren't happy with the subs right at half time.
3: No, no. Do you know what we've been we've done? Obviously done it to a death on the channel now uh, and the Leeds fan base has. But I think it's the first time for me ever really since bielsa has been in that I've said he got it wrong. Um, he obviously had these subs because Biels are so meticulous. He'll have had things worked out. They'll have worked on certain patterns. This is what we're going to do. We're going to get to half time. We're going to bring in Jenkins, Casey, and uh, Harrison. Um, and he did that. And the game was nil-nil. Had he have kept with that same eleven that we started, I think over the course of 90 minutes we'd have probably had a little bit too much quality and won the game.
4: Yeah.
3: But what happened is he made the three subs at half time, and that's where I think he got it wrong in the look. I know you've already said I'm gonna make these substitutions, but ultimately the game's nil-nil. If the game was 2-0 at halftime, then yeah, fine, crack on, bring the young lads on. Um and uh it, yeah, it just obviously they came on, there was it was disjointed. Crawley got in front, and Crawley were good for it, man. Crawley were really impressed me, to be fair. I like the, the kid Nichols up front. I thought he was brilliant on the day. Mm-hmm. Um and we were at the races, but this is Leeds United, mate. We we have form for this, Histon. Um, you know, there's been loads over the years, Sutton, Newport, um, Chef United back when they were down there. You know, we, we, we have form for this. So if anyone was going to get um, knocked out, if anyone was going to be a cup-up shit, it, it was us. I was hoping that Spurs were going to lose to Marine <laughs> to take the shine away. Okay. <laughs> but then Spurs showed us how it's supposed to be done. You know what I mean? That's That's how you're supposed to deal with that sort of, uh, level of opposition, I know Marina are uh, uh, a bit further down than, than what Crawley were, and Crawley were in good form, but yeah, it wasn't acceptable, mate, it wasn't acceptable, um, Bielsa told us he was going to give it a bit of respect and I don't think he really did, because he played like KP at centre-back and put Pascal Strouk in DM. but I think that's obviously KP's uh, on a ban for a, yeah. accumulation of yellows so I think he's going to play Pascal in the DM. <laughs> For Brighton, so he's obviously trying him he there, there yeah. yeah,
1: moving people around. I but think oh, that's a very Bielsa thing, isn't it? That yeah, he, yeah, if, yeah. he'll foresee that and he'll, he'll make yeah. that move. Where it might for the you know, if I'm looking at that, I'd be saying, Well, why is he doing that? But as mm-hmm. you said, you know, Strike, uh, yeah, Phillips has a, a ban coming up, so it's yeah, it's it's get yeah. there. Um, Kiko Casilla, Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah. the, the shocking, less you yeah. see the him, the better at this. Yeah, you stage. <laughs> <you're laughs>
3: He's so bad, mate. Like, he the, the thing is, he's one of the highest earners at the club as well. He's on like 40, 41, 42k, which I know seems pittance to what you guys are paying. Oh. But, um, we we brought him in in the championship, obviously. He came with great pedigree. He's been in Champions League, but well, he he's won Champions League. But let's be honest, he was the third choice keeper. They yeah. you know? were very quick
1: to say that, yeah. were not they? On um, the thing, Oh, he's a Champions League winner, you yeah. know. Um,
3: yeah, exactly. So, um yeah, he's just not great. I mean, he could have been four. He could have been yeah. four. He came out for the kid Waters. I don't even think they played the full strength. Either this this kid Waters has got like sixteen goals in eighteen yeah. games. I think he's only twenty one. He's been on fire. Uh, he could have had one. He could have had four. He came uh, came sliding out like he's obviously. The, I don't know if everyone knows this. this he was done for racism as well when we we're in the championship. So a lot of the club, a lot of the fan base wanted him gone anyway. Yeah, he stayed the still there. Yeah, yeah exactly same. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one. Um and I don't think anyone's gonna come pay for him and these and yeah. are gonna have to take a big hit if they want to do if they do wanna sell him in January, they're gonna have to stump up for some of his wages and stuff. He's still got two years left on a deal. So unless Kiko has a burning desire to go back to Spain as quick as possible, he'd probably sit on that money, you know. Yeah. So it's
1: it's there dangerous thing, isn't it, with these big Mm -hmm. contracts when a a player doesn't work out and while some Mm -hmm. clubs can absorb it, like we see Manchester United bring in Alexis Sanchez, right, the knock-on effects of that have Mm -hmm. been huge but they can absorb a player on an extortionate wage. Even Liverpool and Spurs, like two other clubs that were represented here, like we wouldn't be the biggest maybe payer. I know it sounds ridiculous we have players that are on big money and all that but the the, the model isn't a you know, waste your money on mm-hmm. players like that. So it's a tough one. And it must have been a kick in the bollocks when you see uh, Mark Roy of Tewi coming on man. and <laughs> the game against you. That is really <laughs> taking the piss, isn't
3: it? It was, mate. I was on the watch long, and I said it after in my post, I said that was the ultimate fucking, the, the, the piss take, man. Come on. He wasn't getting no game if they were, if that game was in the balance. It was like he'd had his documentary crew and I was saying, I yeah. said they'll put this documentary out and the ending will be him coming on for like three minutes against Leeds United and be like, he's done it, man. He's... (laughs) We're the butt of that joke forever, man. So, yeah, it wasn't good, man, that.
2: (laughs) Can I ask Joe Major just as as a a Leeds fan, going into the season, and I suppose now, obviously, fresh with hindsight, what would have been your expectations for Leeds going into the season? Like, what would you have said would have been, you know, a, a, a fair goal to set yourselves? What would you have been happy with? Do you, know,
3: do you know what it is, mate? I'm not the probably best League United fan to ask because I have like crazy aspirations. I still think you were
2: winning the league.
3: Well, <laughs> not so much, but I thought we'd get Europe. I'm still of the thinking that we just might miss out on Europe this season. Mm. I genuinely believe that over the course of the season. Obviously, ultimately, you just want to stay in the division. Um, of course, being away 16 years, but I knew under Bielsa. That we were gonna we were gonna do bits in the division because the 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 style of play is actually better suited to the Premier League than it is the Championship, which is a bit mad, really. But it is, you know, um, we're given space, and you know, we have a, a not not so much more time on the ball, but a lot more space to in, in which to do our bits. Like in the Championship, sometimes it was you know attack v defense, trying to break down a a stubborn Luton side, for example, who basically put ten men in the box. You know what I mean? So um it was always gonna be better for us. Um I think the frustrating thing I found of late is that that it's just coming up against the top six sides. Like we started so well against Liverpool. Obviously we drew with City, what a great game of football. But then obviously Man United and Tottenham's happened that it's I think it's it's a bit of a running thing now that people expect us to get spanked by top six sides all the time, which which we quickly need to get over that. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Because it has been a little bit frustrating, and I guess the way the media have latched onto leads as well. we're now, like even after we got beat by Crawley, everyone was on social media saying, "Yeah, but they played really great." So big shout out Bielsa because we keep getting this like lauded from the media, which is a little bit frustrating. So. um but yeah, sorry, long answer to your question. I oh. thought we'd do all right, genuinely, I, I do. And um, I don't think, maybe missing out on Europe just is, is a bit, but I think we'll be in, what, 10th, 11th, 12th, around where we are now. I think it's a good season for really, United.
1: That's what I was going to say, that is a good season, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, you grow up, if you can stay away from any relegation dog fight, and look, I've, I've spoke to you before, Joe, I think you'll do well. I think you'll beat the team's that just have to be Ari Crowley wasn't the one where we know there was changes made to that he's will probably get hopped off in in some big games you know as you have been Um, but once you take care of the other business I think you should be fine so it'll be interesting to see how it goes but we'll come on to it you know the difficult thing
2: just to finish finish I think with set, he has a very uh definitive way of playing and he has preached this to his team um every waking day that they're in training during games telling them not to panic even when every urge of them as being uh, you know young players if you're in trouble you kick it long you know what i mean you play percentages he wants them to play 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 if if the first sign of trouble or a specific opposition he says actually i'm going to abandon everything that i've taught you and we're going to try and shut up shop today footballers their heads would melt it would be like well mm-hmm. hold on what was what's this what's this body of work all been about if you're just at the first sign of trouble going to abandon it so I, like I think you, you you know you'll come unstuck in some games but that's just the nature of the beast with the way that you play um you know what I mean I, I think if he started trying to be more pragmatic I think it would cause more problems uh in the in the long run for him and the team I mean,
3: that's great. That's that's it is to hear though, Keith. Do you know what I mean? I'm sick of of, of, of of people saying like, oh, he needs to change his style. He needs to do this. He needs to drop. It's BS because look, like people were talking about like, look at Sam Allardyce, West Brom, for example. That's the, that's the opposite end of the spectrum, innit? it? Oh, wow. Yeah, they got a point against Liverpool. Since then, what have they done? Conceded about 15 goals, scoring about two. Five of them against Leeds United. So give me my spanking against, as painful as it was, Against them across the Pennines, as painful as it was, but I said and I said the same. And Matt, we spoke to Matt on our channel. Mm -hmm. The way we play is perfectly suited to Tottenham and Man United. It's perfect for them, and they have a better quality of player. Um, So, like like you just said, these things are going to happen. But you know, we'll we'll, like you said, Keith. We'll we'll do all right against the teams that are below us. And I think the thing that progresses Leeds United, and I've said it many times, it's not the style; it's better personnel. (laughs) That make less errors, that that have better positional sense, that create better chances, that are more clinical. That's what makes Leeds United better.
1: Yeah, and, and I, um, I made a similar. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Mike. Go I,
4: ahead. Um, I made a similar point to Joe there about uh, West Brom. Like it's it's the same fans who are who are constantly criticising Burnley, uh, West Brom, and teams like that for playing dead football by sitting ten men behind the ball. Are the same fans who are coming out now and, and look the word is abusing Bielsa for for the way he's playing football and just because the the team he's. Uh, the team he's managing isn't as good as the likes of Liverpool and Man City. That doesn't mean he doesn't he shouldn't play the same football as that. Because ultimately, that's the football we want to see. You know, I think Joe might might disagree with it, but I'd rather watch Leeds go out and beat uh, or like lose three nil to uh, to another mid table team than watch like the likes of Liverpool, and Man United. You know, for game coming up on Sunday, that's usually a tactical nil all. I'd rather watch uh, a more exciting game and it's not Bielsa's fault that that he's getting the criticism for this. You know, people are saying uh, or he, it's not his fault he's getting the praise for. Like the media are building it up, saying oh, fair play to Bielsa, give him all this credit. He hasn't asked for that. All he's yeah. doing is going out and playing football the way he wants to play. <laughs> and on the point about Leeds going out and, and accepting these uh, drubbings at the hands of Man United and, and Spurs... Uh, a lot of people know it's, it's always a, a, a kind of philosophical debate almost like is, is the best manager, the one who can, who can play his own style of football and beat whoever he comes up against, or is it the one who can adapt his game uh depending on who he's playing against? And you're going to find managers who are the best in the world at either side of that spectrum. And I'm not saying Bielsa is among the best managers in the world, but I think his, his yeah. record speaks for, speaks for itself. We'll
1: put in there, Matt, because I'll say he's one of the best managers in the world. I yeah. think Bielsa is yeah. one of the best managers of all time. I yeah. think he's an absolute innovator. I, I love Bielsa. Um, I'm sorry for cutting across you there, but you're dead right in what you say. You know, there's there's, mm. there's managers out there that will stick to it. Now Pep Guardiola is one when he was at Barcelona, and they were all conquering. And people used to ask him, you know, oh, what about a plan B? He didn't have a plan B; he had a plan A. Marcelo Bielsa has a plan A. Jurgen Klopp doesn't have a plan B. Sam Allardyce, you know, has his has his own plan. They all do. And from a Liverpool perspective, we saw maybe Jamie be more familiar with this as well. We saw when Brendan Rodgers was at Liverpool he was week on week. He was changing formations. He was trying to grab a system that would would for from, you know, he was ch- trying players all over the place. And that's a bit more, you know, when you have that, the uncertainty around that, that's a bit more scattery than, than having the plan A and no plan B. Do you know what I mean?
2: I think, I think with Rogers, it was a unique one because we had a, a... A very poor defence. Um, so at the time we were, I think, I think the back four was John Flanagan, Ali Sissoko, Martin yeah. Skirtle and uh, Mamadou Sacco. And we're, we, you know, we're going toe-to-toe with, with Manchester City. So I think Rogers was just trying to tweak the team to try and give himself enough uh, enough protection and try and get Sterling Suarez, storage all on the team. And, and he eventually landed on Gerrard, I think, playing just in front of the back four, with Henderson doing his donkey work. And it, it very nearly paid We, we had
1: Jan playing in a back three. We had Markovic playing as a right <laughs> wing back, you know, a yeah. left wing back Sterling. It was just a bit mad. So yeah, you're right really what you're saying, Matt. Sometimes people cry for these, you know, some managers can be tactically flexible and others are more rigid and stick to that way and it, that's what it is but look joe it was a bad result for you now getting away from that a bit of stick in the chat there for you but you know you're a you're a big boy yeah. you can take that sort yeah, of stuff you know you're on here all the time you take the roof for the smooth that's fair enough we'll move on now to the Spurs and marine game now uh, matt i'll come to you mm-hmm. a good uh a good PR win outside for sports at the weekend, um, before we even got on to the football, wasn't it? They did they, they come yeah. out looking well out of the-
4: yeah, um, I think look, uh, Jose Mourinho is is known as a uh, not one of the the nicest people in football, but when it comes to things like this, he's he's fantastic, and he, he did a lot for Mourinho, You know, given the you know, it was, it was that Liverpool got stick for swapping jerseys with the yeah. the Villa under twenty three side, and Jose didn't want the same for Spurs, and he he brought along uh, jerseys that weren't worn by the team, and I think the the fans mm. as well uh, have been fantastic for Marine. We raised there was like something like over thirty thousand virtual match tickets sold, and yeah, I know a, a lot of those. Yeah, like that's uh, at a tenner piece. That's that's a lot of money for for Marine. And look, it's not the first time Spurs have done it. We had a or EFL Cup game called off against late Orient earlier in the season, and for that there was supposed to be a fundraiser for the Justin Edinburgh Foundation. Um, a former Spurs player died of a heart attack last year, and the Spurs fans came together and, and raised a lot of money for them as well. So it's it's another chance for us to to help out a team who are uh, probably uh, affected a bit more financially by by the recent pandemic.
1: Yeah, you're spot on. I mentioned that on our show the night, like that Mourinho is an absolute house when it comes to football. But when it comes to things like that, I think he is very good. I think he's, he's well clued in on that sort of thing. He knows teams are struggling. He knows, you know, Teams can go to the wall. Most managers do. I mean, look, we're lucky at Liverpool. Klopp is very socially aware as well. He has a different persona than Mourinho. But it was nice to see because, as you say, the jerseys, Liverpool got stick for Villa, swapping with Villa kids. You know, the kids mm-hmm. were dying to get the jerseys. So Spurs got around that and, and they got a nice PR win. Um Jamie, an ex-Marine player, how did you feel looking at that game? Like, the, the build-up to it, the, the excitement, I suppose, around it? Because it was a big... Um, a big toy you know it was a big toy for the the FA Cup tour probably the best, biggest game of their round how did as an it was X-ker, amazing. Hey. It
2: was amazing, to be honest. To to watch it, it was strange as well. You know, when you've when you've made the walk into the into the pitch a, a load of times, and then all of a sudden, there's Gary Lineker and and, and Ian Wright st- stood by the side of the pitch. It was it was strange, fantastic. Because I have to say, I mean, I, I played non-league for a good few years, and um, and it was a it was a good weekend overall. Because I used to play for Chorley as well. So Chorley and Marine, both clubs, have 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 gone far beyond their their expectations in in this year's cup. And, and what I would say you know for for the semi professional clubs we used to pretty much shape our whole season around a cup run so you're looking at roughly 7 or 8 games to get into the to the first to third round proper um, depending on what, what what league you're in, and you know, at one of my old clubs, Warrington Town, a couple of years ago, uh, I think they beat Exeter, um, at Warrington Town. I think they won. I think it was two hundred thousand, uh, roughly, from from getting to the first or second round. And what they were able to do: renovate the stadium, play the players' wages for a couple of years, build an astro at the side of the So this is this is basically going to make the club sustainable now for you know, the next five, six, seven years from a wage perspective. um, It just takes the pressure off. Um, It probably means that they can go out and acquire better players, which means that they'll be able to move up the football pyramid. Um, And, you know, you've got to remember, these lads are working full-time jobs. That was one of the things I don't think people realise. You know, I I could have been working during the day and I've got to travel because you're travelling all over the country. You're travelling to, let's say, Newcastle on a a Tuesday night. Let's say you get thumped 5-0. You're getting home at three o'clock in the morning. You've got to be up at seven for work the next day. You know, it's it's a tough ask, not only for the players, for the, the staff. The clubs don't exist if it wasn't for the helpers, you know, to so to see some familiar faces getting in front of the camera um, and have their, their day in the spotlight. Cause they a lot of the time for the for the helpers of the club, it's a thankless task. They're probably not getting paid. Um, but what I would say, you know, for a club like Marine, it's a community club. I think a lot of fans are probably becoming a little bit... Um, the, the gap has never felt wider between Premier League clubs and their fans and their players. Um, and a lot of fans are getting turned off. It's becoming very corporate. It just, it feels more of a product now and the players feel like a, a product. Whereas with clubs like Marine, you can go in, have a pint, get get some food, chat to the players in the bar after and there's this unbelievable sense of community. Um, so for me, it was just absolutely thrilled to see so many good people uh, with smiles on their faces and know that that club now is going to be protected for the next 10, 15 years. It's it's fantastic to see. And dare I say, does it mean the magic a cup still exists a little bit? Because it seems to have been dying off over recent years.
1: But you know, uh, you're spot on. Laura Duffy says, so the key to a good cup run for non-league is the have. To have had Jamie playing for them, She could be onto something there. That could be it. Jamie's <laughs> yeah. list of uh, Jamie CV might come to might yeah, but these have back. all done
2: well since I left, Laura. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that
1: laid <laughs> the foundations. Laid the foundations. <laughs> but, but you know what? That is that's this. That's the side of it, isn't it? That that people maybe don't. Understand, and that's why I'm glad you were on tonight, Jamie, to give that insight to playing for a non-league team. You know, as Matt said, Spurs gave you know they, they helped to raise to sell 30,000, 30,600 I think tickets, virtual tickets for that game. That's huge for a club like Murray. that that's mm. that's setting them up lovely now for a few years. Once they invest it wisely and don't don't squander it, but it's hard to do that in this. You know, you take COVID and all in. You're not getting you know I don't know. I'm sure the non-league aren't getting bodies in, so. It's a big, you know the big thing resort. that I
2: noticed in the game when you actually watch it as well. I thought, I wonder how long they can, they can hold out. Yeah. And, you know, first 10, 15 minutes, they're chasing shadows and what you start to realize, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some top, top players in non-league. They're, they're big, they're horrible, they're strong, and they can all really play. But The higher you go up, it's it's the speed of thought. The sp- they, Spurs just do everything first time. It's round the corner. They're picking up pockets, and then Marine had been chasing shadows for that long. As soon as they got hold of the ball, they had nothing in the tank. They had no options. It went straight back to Spurs, and that's where the the the, the difference was was made. I thought Deli Alli had a good game. It's it's what's what's going on with Deli Ali and Mourinho now? Have they kind of patched up everything because he was he was on fire and he just seems to have drifted again.
4: Yeah, I I don't know what it is. It just seems to be uh, Ali. Just seems to be the kind of character that Jose Mourinho doesn't want, kind of in the squad. And. There's the, the famous line from from Mourinho when when he first came in he was kind of talking to Deli Ali in training and you know Ali's form has been has been a biz one for the last couple of years and Jose went up to him he said are you Deli Ali or are you Deli Ali's brother and it seemed to kind of stoke that fire inside Deli Ali and he, he came out in the the first couple of games in the Mourinho era and he was you know back to his best but it seems to have slowly faded away since then and we saw in the Amazon documentary Mourinho kind of criticizing Ali for his for his attitude and his application and training right. and it just seems like there's there's something there that isn't quite right and look it it does come down to the to the fact that we're playing a very different system now to what we were playing under Pochettino and the the position that Ali thrived in being that kind of false nine or almost a number 10 behind the striker, that position isn't really there at the moment because the player picking up those spaces is, is Harry Kane, the striker himself. So it's, it's a very different system to what we're playing in now. And I think if Ali wants to get into this team, he needs to start working a lot harder and he needs to kind of turn himself into a, a more, not a deep line, but a more central midfielder, if that makes sense. Yeah. And he, he seems to have a, a reluctance to do so, which is is costing him. But he, I think his performances lately have been a lot better. I know it was only Marine, but he played some fantastic passes in that game. He was extremely influential and some kind of cameo roles he's played in the league, in Europa League, he has been looking better, but... Mourinho just doesn't
1: like him for some reason. It's mad how a manager can can have that impact, you know, maybe indirectly on a player. Spurs bring in a manager. So Spurs have Pochettino there and Pochettino's, you know, northern Dele Alli and bringing them along. And then you get Mourinho in and straight away you can look at it. Who's Mourinho going to like and who's Mourinho not going to like? And Dele Alli is way up on the list of players you just knew. Yeah. He was, wasn't was gonna have a bar off because he's he doesn't work hard enough, yeah. You're, you're right, Matt. He, he needs to transform, but he's no Musa Sissoko, he's no mm-hmm. um, is the most Jose Mourinho player Mourinho. ever. He <laughs> is,
2: <laughs> Typical you know what I mean?
1: and, and Ali yeah. is just a, a, he's, he's between a rock and a hard place now because Matt, you touched on it there. Who's dropping into the 10 now? It's Harry Kane. He he, he's playing more of a, a 4 3, three these days than than the 4-2-3-1 which probably suits um Dele Alli a bit more, but but it was a strong enough sports team, you know mm. obviously it wasn't full strength or anything like that, but you know, Joe Hart's in goal, Ben Davis, Joe Roden Toby Alderweireld Matt Daugherty, Sissoko Harvey White, young lad, don't know um, Deli Alli there in front of him, Jetson Fernandez, Lucas morning and Carlos Vinicius, it was a good Good, good strong team by Spurs with a a smattering of young players, but but they're weird in the sense like Jetson is on what two year loan there, Jetson Fernandez. That's a waste of everyone's time, isn't it?
4: Jetson Fernandez is quite possibly the worst player I've ever seen in the Spurs jersey. He's <laughs> he's he's absolutely dreadful and like it, it amazes me that uh, it was last January we brought him in on an 18 month loan deal and there's an option to buy him this summer for 55 million pounds and it's yeah. it's so concerning that someone in that Tottenham scouting team looked at him and thought maybe in a year and a half he'd be worth over over 50 million uh, 50 million pounds. It's crazy but I I think it, it was such a clever lineup from from Jose Mourinho because I think like Joe Tosha that that Spurs kind of showed how it's done against the the smaller teams like that. And there was, there was experience in that team. There was kind of, uh, or fringe players that haven't been getting as much game time in the league. And there was youth players. And I think he picked those youth players absolutely fantastically. You know, Harvey White, you said, started the game. He's a player who has, he's he's played for us in the last two, maybe three preseason tournaments. And when he's in there, he looks really, really good. He's one of the best players we have on our youth side. He's a dead ball specialist and he I think he couldn't have played better uh on Sunday. He was getting stuck in from the first minute. He was getting on the ball, he was looking confident, he was playing a forward. And what impressed me most is there's a few times when the Marine players absolutely clattered him and he did not complain, he didn't roll around, he didn't do a Neymar. he got back up on his feet. I was good at
2: that in back in the day. <laughs> that's, that's all we have. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but yeah, White was fantastic and uh, uh another player who came off the bench, Alfie Devine. You yeah. know, what a moment it was for him because he well, becoming the presence. Was- yeah, he was becoming Spurs' uh, youngest ever goal scorer. I think he's just 16 and a half. Yeah. Uh, but even aside from that, his all-round play, he was he was fantastic. Again, getting on the ball, looking confident. And I don't know if you saw the quote from Jose Mourinho today, but he was asked, um, did Alfie Devine have yet a smile on his face all week? And, and Jose said he doesn't know because he sent him back to the academy where he belongs. He said, Yo, uh, when you reach a career high like that, uh, you, need to, you need to be brought back down to earth, essentially. He said, we won't see him for three weeks. He'll be working where he needs to be. But uh, yeah, very clever lineup from Jose, and even the subs we made as well. I think that the bench was extremely strong. We had uh, Davinson Sanchez, Sergio Regal, and Tongi and Damblay, Gareth Bale, Hoang Son. So if if on the after chance, on the after chance, things did go
1: wrong, we had yeah, a, a was, lot of personnel there to bring in. Yeah, exactly. It was a good, good. Like I say, it was a good, good torn um, out like for everybody. I think that game it, it, it nearly. You know, Marine were never going to win it. They they got a, a good dropsy for the game, and when they probably thought he wouldn't have. And Spurs got games for their fringe players. Now Carlos Vinicius got a hat trick. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you make of him as a as a player to back up sort of Kane as as the main striker? Have you been impressed? He's on loan as well, is he? Yeah, is he on loan?
4: He, he's on loan from uh, Benfica as well. Actually, yeah. it's, it's an eighteen-month loan deal. Um, we have the option to buy him. Um, I think it's for about forty million pounds. I think it's next summer. So Spurs have done that quite a bit recently in getting these uh, loan deals with options to buy, but he's he's certainly on the 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 very opposite end of the spectrum to Jetson Fernandez. He's he's game gameplay, which I'm I'm quite confused about because the only Premier League game he's played in so far, he came on in the last ten minutes against West Brom. And although he didn't directly influence anything, he was uh. go back to even Deli Ali when when he played with Harry Kane. It was Harry Kane making the move, dragging the defenders away, and Ali making that late run. And Vinicius was able to take up that role. He dragged defenders away, and it was it was ultimately a Harry Kane header uh, that won that game for us in the Europa League. He's been fantastic as well. He's uh he's had a goal involvement every single time he started for Spurs. He has, I think, three goals, three assists in the Europa League, and of course, you know, you can say it was only Marine, but he took his chances superbly. Um, on Sunday. I thought that, that third goal, especially on his left foot, looping into the far top corner, it was it was a fantastic one from him. And he's one that I hope we will see in the Premier League a bit more in, in the coming months as the fixtures get more and more congested, uh, as we're going to be uh, probably playing stronger squads in the Europa League and as the FA Cup progresses as well. He's a, a very exciting player and I think in terms of in terms of players that we could get into back up Harry Kane, you know, there's always going to be that feeling of players coming in knowing they're not going to be the first choice striker, but he's someone who's really grafted throughout his career and this was a fantastic opportunity for him uh, to become a Premier League player. And that loan with the option to buy gives him a chance to prove himself. And I, I think it's it's a very clever way and a very clever player to identify to be that man who would probably be willing to be second fiddle to Kane.
0: Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? yeah. Quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto. ¿Viste? Él no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet of fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor.
1: Yeah, I just checked. He's 25. I thought he was only a young mm-hmm. lad. Like he's, he's not even a young flea. He's been at Napoli and then only went to Benfica there and the summer of nineteen. So he seemed to have gone under the radar quite a bit. But look, he's landed yeah. at suppose, and it looks like a clever bit of business for you. But as we said, it's it's sort of the opposite the end of Joe's FA Cup experience. <laughs> it's a good one for you. It's it's a horrible one for Joe. Jamie, before we move on, we'll quickly talk about Liverpool. I mean one of the other big moments for me that we you you touched on the magic of the cup being back. You know, there's two games that show that it was there. The Aston I don't want to overdo it and all but but the Aston Villa goal against Liverpool was a similar feeling for me as well. Um In the sense that, looking back, I enjoyed that as well. Seeing the unbridled the sort of joy that that kid and his mates, you know, the whole team got. It wasn't like even just a young flit in the team and he done well and he was with the senior pros and didn't know what to do. It was a gang of them. It was just a gang of kids celebrating. You know, it, it did show that there is still that magic and that bit of passion that's in there. In a time when we probably need to see things like that, Do you
2: know what? I think fans nowadays—they're in such a rush to be offended or outraged by something that's happened during a football match. You know, poor performances now seem to be the end of the world. Like this is this isn't anything new. And and Liverpool fans, you know, were so up in arms about the first half performance, and it was an embarrassment. Look, Liverpool were always going to win that game. Yeah, you know, uh, an Aston Villa young lad has just uh, scored a goal that he will remember. His family will remember for the rest of his life. How can you not be a football fan and smile at that celebration yeah. and the interview after the game? Like, you know, I'm a Liverpool fan, and I I probably enjoyed that more than I did the Liverpool goals because look, it's brilliant. That's you know, it's 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 a magical moment. Um, and to be fair. Look, Liverpool weren't great first off. Uh, sometimes it can be difficult when you play games where you're expected to win. Yeah. Um, you know they kept the, they kept the ball very well. Um, Aston Villa defended for the lives, but th- their legs were always going to fall off at sixty minutes. I think football fans forget sometimes it's a ninety minute game of football. And um, you know Liverpool could have been a couple more goals up. Delighted for Villa that they got that goal. What a moment. Um, but then Liverpool went into cruise control. A couple of key changes. Second half, uh, Shakiri and Thiago gave us that creativity centrally. Um, and it became very difficult then for the young lads to, um, to to cope. But no, all in all, I think there's been a few occasions over the course of the FA Cup weekend where, yeah, it does seem a little bit, you know, everything's so centred around money and the Champions League now that the domestic cups have taken a
1: backseat. But it was just good to see a couple of moments of magic across a few of the games. Yeah, very true, very true. Um look, we'll move away. Well, do you know what? We won't move away from the cup. Man United away we got in the blade next round. That's a bit of a stink stinker for Liverpool, Jamie, isn't it? I mean, not that I've any fear of Man United. I'll put that out there now. I I give them a bit of sticking <laughs> on these shows and all that. I don't particularly fear them. They could beat us, who knows? It the point is it's another proxy Premier League Cup draw. That Liverpool get when we don't have a chance to to blood in these youngsters, which we probably will play young lads, but you know, you play young lads, we get punished. It's you could deal with a bleeding, a lower leg draw, you know what I mean? It's a couple of handy draws like City. I think that's yeah. the
2: thing that annoyed me more. Is I always knew that Liverpool were going to get a Premier League club because it just seems par for the course at this stage. Um, but it just the, the draws that City have had, I'd say you've probably all seen the WhatsApp that was shared of the the, the run of yeah. fixtures that City have had in domestic cup competitions over the last couple of years. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, but look, they're able to pocket all these domestic trophies and make it seem like they've created this dynasty of success. I'd love a couple of those handy handy runs. Look, it'd be a great oh, game.
1: Um, in the semi-final and all that sort of sure
2: Yeah, the best team they played was Watford, and that was, that was yeah. in the final where they won 6-0. So, uh, look, oh, I don't want to fun. seem like I'm a bitter fan, so I'm going to sidestim. Step City. What what I would say? I think that look. Whenever Liverpool play Manchester United, it's gonna it's gonna be spicy. It'll be a fantastic occasion. I'd say it'd be interesting to see what team Klopp goes with, given how close the two games are. I think there's we play United, then there's Burn in the league, then there's Burnley, then United in the FA Cup. So it'd be it'd be interesting. My my gut would be he would go quite strong, but not full strength Klopp doesn't give a bollocks about the FA yeah. Cup. It doesn't matter how you slice and dice it. He just doesn't care. It's not important to him. And when our, our squad or certain areas of our squad are kind of threadbare as it is, I don't think he'll take too many unnecessary risks. Um, so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to see. But for me, it, it all rests on the league game. That's the big one.
3: Can, I just, can I just ask, mate, you are both of really. Why
2: didn't you change it on
3: Friday? Why did it? Why didn't he put? Why didn't he put a Rigi? Like I get it, right? Oh, he's already set up his teams to play the Aston Villa first team, but on the bench he had a Rigi, he had Shaqiri, some others, right? That surely would have known what their jobs were at the last minute to say, "Look, we're playing a bunch of kids. We'll be all right overnight." In minutes, like Jamie said, so you just go in there. This is what I, I, I know. I'm on a. Uh, I come on the trippers all the time, and I, I, I'm only honest with my opinion. It's really got grinded my goat a little bit because all Klopp's done all season is is moan about these substitutions, whether you agree or disagree with him wherever you land. But now, for me, Klopp, Klopp cannot be saying in a couple of weeks' time we need more substitutions because that was the perfect game, perfect game, to put in kids or even put fringe players in and he didn't do none of it. I didn't
1: understand it. My thinking on it was probably that he was trying to, as we said, prepare for the game. He thought he was going to play the Villa. force team. We've had some stinking results against Villa in the last couple of years with the 7-2 there at Villa Park. And the fact that we got screwed last year in the League Cup when we were playing in the World Club Championship and he still made us put a team out. I think he wanted to go there and get results. We had the team out, but you're right. They get news that the, the game is in doubt. I think the plan was basically get up to a lead and then make five changes. Get them off, get the, the big players off early. But it didn't go that way. Didn't go. We we went in at one all and I'd say he's put a fucking rocket up to my half time because you could see the improvement in Liverpool in the second half. And do, that's do, what we do, think. Do you know what I think it is?
2: And I, I, I can understand where you're coming from, Joe. I think Klopp Klopp will always do what he thinks is best for, for Liverpool Football Club. and He's been very vocal about the the, the extra subs and the demand put on players. And, and I think it, he's been vindicated in some ways because there's been such an increase in muscular injuries across the board in the Premier League. I think this, this game was a strange one. And I think it's purely based on timing. One... The way that these games have felt, there's actually been quite a, a break in between the games. So a lot of the players didn't have a lot of rhythm in the legs. I think there's nine days between the Villa game and United, which is arguably our biggest game of the season. He needed to get minutes in the legs. And to be honest, we've not been great, mate, the last couple of weeks. The forwards haven't been clicking. There's been no rhythm between them at all. We've not been creating a, great, a lot of chances. So for me, I think he's probably looked at it. The game's been a victim of circumstance. And he said, you know what? I'm going to get a lot of my good players on who are probably a little bit shorter form. Mane hasn't been at his best this season. He got a couple of goals. Salah got a goal. Um, Thiago and Shakiri were able to come on and influence the game and create centrally, which we've not been doing for, for weeks. Anyone that's watched Liverpool over the last few weeks has noticed we're getting funneled wide by a lot of teams. Trent's not been at it. We've been firing hopeless crosses into the box and not really creating. So for us then to be able to come out second half and, and start doing the things that has made Liverpool what we are, which is short, intricate passes in and around the central area of the box, clever turns, um, it, it, it was it was worth it for me. I, he'll always open himself up for criticism because he's been so outspoken yeah. across a, a number of topics um, and I can understand it. But at the same time, I think he just did what was right for, for Liverpool in the lead up to this, this big game. Yeah. Against
1: a key thing there, Jamie, I think you've touched on is is the 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 amount of rest between that game and the United game. And as we've seen, we had eight days before the West Brom. Show sure, was it was it before West Brom? Yeah, yeah. And we stunk it out. Do you know what I mean? Liverpool and Klopp's team would think it very rhythm. You know, they'd rather have games coming than than long rests. Obviously, you can do it rests, but I think now he'd rather the, you know five days between a game. Ideally, rather than eight or nine or six rather than eight or nine you know that way so i think he, he's probably made a, a point on that and look it we don't know or you understand where you're coming from joe and i think people are getting a bit pissed off or moaning about um the thing but if he doesn't moan what will happen you know what i mean you have to yeah, moan no, have i get to, Listen,
3: if it's bielsa i'm backing him to the yeah, hill i get it's like it's like the, the penalty advocate, you know
1: it's like the penalty thing with Man United. He's doing mm-hmm. that in the, the week before the United Liverpool game. I don't well, think he was the same. master of that. Keith. Yeah, He's just yeah, trying yeah. to influence referees. Exactly. And to be honest, mm. United tonight had a couple of
2: half shouts for penalties, which yeah. they may have got in the past, and they didn't get them tonight. So if yeah. if him speaking out about something like this influences one penalty decision or mm. one shout,
1: it's it's worth it. Exactly. You know, you'd be strange to see. And um, my hill has got in the next round.
4: Uh, we got. Oh, we got Wickham away. <laughs> we got Wickham away, and then if we win that, we have um, either Everton or Sheffield Wednesday. And look, it's a tough one. They nearly beat us at White Hart Lane a couple of years ago. We needed like a, I think it was a 19th minute equalizer and a 98th minute winner to, to yeah. actually beat the hat lane here,
1: here, now, who got the goal Alan Mullery will you stop Wilcom, <laughs> this is the sort of stuff that we want things are the ones that Liverpool
4: want I have a good stat here I know Joe uh, knows I love stats um, Liverpool since Jurgen Klopp took over they've been involved in 26 domestic cup draws and mm. 17 uh, of those draws have got Premier League sides and the last time Liverpool beat Man, Man United away in the FA Cup was 100 years ago
1: today yeah it's, it's a madness isn't it wow Ooh. In Jeez. saying that, you know... Full <laughs> of you
2: know, co- confidence point. going into that game now. Thanks for that, you
1: know, that. you know what, right? The Liverpool thing with me, the confidence all stems from one thing. If we have Joe Mathed playing in these games, I'm not worried. If we don't have Joe Mathed playing and we have to rely on either Jordan Henderson going to centre-back... Or one of the young lads I think that's where we're in trouble But look we'll just have to wait and see Joe who did you get in the next round Oh no sorry <laughs> <laughs> Well done Keith
2: well done. <laughs> uh, Scratch, that off, scratch that off me Just concentrating on league man,
3: now That's,
1: that's it That's what it's all about But that, that is what it's all about at the end of the day I've yeah. no time for domestic cups I think they're a waste of time I used to enjoy the day out in the pub watching them But now we can't even do that So he can go and fuck off for all I care Um. <laughs> Transfer news, Um we won't spend too much time. Joe, I spoke to you before we came on. Leeds gonna do one,
3: nah, nah, mate. We will, they're not a fan of the January window or, or Bielsa. Um, I think they think they've got enough. I, I know I shouldn't count my chickens before the vatch, but I think we'll be all right this season. I don't think you'll need anywhere close to 40 points. I think yeah. maybe three, four, five wins will be will be sound, so I don't think we I would like us to as a fan, naturally everyone does, I think, but I just don't think we'll we'll get much done that.
1: Yeah, even out the door, like you said, Cassia, it'd be nice to get rid of yeah. him it's not likely to happen. Yeah. and you, you seem to be focusing a lot on young players there at Leeds. That's always yeah, a, yeah. um always a good good avenue. Is that coming in? Bit, Yeah.
3: Yeah, we brought in young kids Sam Greenwood in the summer. Um there's another lad as well. We brought him from Ajax, uh, Crescentio Somerville. It's oh, called yeah, yeah, the isn't is oh, Yeah, okay. it's special. Um, looks really good. But because, like, this season, we stepped up our academy status to Premier League Two, you know, so that's what they're looking at is, is fleshing yeah. all that stuff out. So we've got that conveyor belt of talent coming through. And that's what Bielsa likes as well, you know. So, yeah, I don't think we'll do much business. It'll be summer for us, mate. New left back, uh, new midfielder to help. Shoulder the burden with click. Um they're the they're the
1: main main things for me. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. And Matt, do you expect sports to do want in this window? I know I've seen links with um Sabitzer are there at RB Leipzig. Uh, and so I've seen another link, um, of a forward and you what what are you hearing? Do you think they will be a
4: uh, there'll, there'll be absolutely nothing done Spurs are in a we're in a weird sort of situation now where we can't buy players unless we sell players but we can't sell players because we have too many injured players so it's it's a it's the most unfortunate paradox there um, I think the, the phrase of Tottenham's witness so far has been interest but nothing advanced um, I had Fabrizio Romano on my own channel there last week and it's the only thing that seemed to be coming out of his mouth was there's interest but there's nothing advanced and it, it's it's upsetting for Spurs because we we do need to invest at the moment I think we do need an attacking midfielder and Sabitzer would be the perfect man uh, we are been linked with Nicolas Gonzalez, uh, a winger from, from Stuttgart. Yeah, Stuttgart uh, Argentina. Yeah, yeah, Jose Mourinho was asked about him today and he just said, uh, I haven't heard anything about him. Uh, Julian Araujo, a uh, right back for LA Galaxy, we'll be linked as well. Yeah. But there, there's nothing major. I think Sabitzer, if we're going to get him, we'll probably wait till the summer. And there's been a lot of talk about centre-backs, um, Sergio Ramos, Milan Skriniar, and even Sven Botman's name has cropped up a bit. But if Spurs do any business uh, in terms of incomings or outgoings this January, I'd be very surprised.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be quite all around, Jamie, from a Liverpool point of view. Can you see Antin getting done? Um, do, you, do, you, do you see us bringing in a centre-back or, or do you think it's uh, not going to happen?
0: Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Yeah.
2: yeah head and heart like i've been quite vocal on this i've never really panicked in the past uh with liverpool's transfer strategy i think the club operates in such a smooth way now you know we, we operate two or three windows ahead um that said everything about this window i just can't think that Liverpool would be negligent enough to b- not bring in a center back given the the circumstances that we now face um because of the injuries what i would say is what makes it more challenging Liverpool will not bring in a step gap a stop gap i just yeah. i can't see it I, it's not the way we do business so so they will probably look for a young, talented player who will go on to to become a key player for us in some way, shape, or form, get a lot of games under his belt and will retain or grow their resale value. That's that's gonna be the big thing because FSG aren't gonna just abandon their their transfer strategy um in situations like that, whether we like it or not. I, I personally as a fan think it would be a huge mistake not to bring in a center back. Um look, it's, you know, we'll be able to look back at the, the end of the season and, and say ultimately whether it is the right or wrong thing to do. Um, But if you're telling me that we're to rely on Joel Matip for the best part of half a season, he's he's not going to be able to do it. Joel Matip can come in and do five, six games and be an absolute world-beater. He's one of the best defenders in the league. I, I honestly believe that when fit, but his body is not built for the demands of the Premier League. So what, what in, in essence, you're going to happen is if we don't bring in a centre-back, He's gonna be in for a handful of games, in and out. Then you're gonna be relying on Williams or Phillips, who I've said to you, uh, you know, in the WhatsApp group, uh, group Keith, they can come in and, and like they did against Spurs. I thought Williams on, yes. uh, on the whole was was excellent. They can come in and put in individual performances and get through games, but if you're asking them to pr- produce over blocks of of games, it's a massive ask for them. Um, so for me, we've 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 got to go and got to go into the market um, and and bring a body in. Um, and if it, I just don't want to see Jordan Henderson going back into centre back, I was I was vocal in the thought that I I think he has the attributes to do that position. What it what it does show though is when he doesn't play in midfield. I don't think Trent is as effective. Uh, Henderson covers a lot of uh, a, a lot of the space in behind Trent to allow him to go and attack. Same with Salah, um, and yeah. he is a crucial cog on that right hand side um, from a, a defensive standpoint, but also uh, creating a bit of momentum, pressing, and um, just a bit of intensity in the midfield. We, we don't look the same team without him. And, and what you're now starting to see is with Fabinho dropping to centre back and Henderson not being able to do his natural job. Liverpool aren't functioning the same. So for me, it, we we've got to prioritise getting a centre back in by hook or by crook, and at least then you can build your midfield around Thiago and Henderson um and, and have a, a have a have a good go with the league in the
1: second half of the season. It's it's mad because the, the links to centre backs are getting they're coming out and they're being shot down as soon as they're coming. So like we started off um, Sven Botman was linked, um David Carmo off Braga, and then other names have been coming and going. So the, the dream ticket, I think, is like Per Shores. They're yep. linked with Upper A lot of people think he's a bag of shit in any way and that he's not much use. But we're not going to be able to sign Up on Meccano where it was playing Leipzig. Now, I know their CEOs coming out saying, oh, he's available for the right price. And Chelsea are now sniffing around them. It's hard to get the player you want. You know, they have a list of players and they're not going to get that player in, in January. So the, the the scale then has gone from, you know, Per Shores Up and Meccano, Ibrahima Kanate, that sort of, that standard. milan screen is being linked. You know, there's been a lot of them. Then you're dropping down, and we're now being linked with guys like uh, Jordan Toronariga at Hertha Berlin, um what's the other what fella's name? Lowick Bade at Lons. Young guys that are, you know, the next up on Meccano, and the next Kanate. We seem to be looking at France as a uh, Germany, France, for that next sent that back instead of going not even going for the the one that's about to take the jump the one that's about to take the next move it's before mon- the jump money ball,
2: it's money ball again Keith it it's, it's, ball.
1: It's, it's Michael Edwards is
2: pulling out his laptop and and his data and he's able to, to cherry pick these players and I'd have no doubt that they would go on to be a success or as I said before you know we'd be able to sell them at a at a good fee. I think I think the, the, the big thing is the The reason that we've been able to get the likes of Tiago in and Jota in, in this current climate, and you're hearing this a lot now with clubs, they don't have cash flow to go out and spend a lot of money on players. They just don't. So, the reason we were able to bring in a Jota or a Tiago was, you know, there were very small upfront payments. And, and it's basically been, it's going to be installments across a five yeah. year period or the tenure of the contract. So, not only are we operating in a difficult market as it is, then we're going to have to go to teams and say, well, actually, we're not able to take away one of your prize assets and give you the money that you deserve. We're asking to pay five, 10 million up front and then run the rest over the, the installments at the, the length of its contract. There's so much complexity. I, I fear that it could make it very difficult to bring somebody in. But I just don't think like because in my honest opinion, and I'm not just saying this with rose tinted, red tinted glasses on, I, I personally think it's between Liverpool and City. I think it will be on a knife edge. I don't. I think Liverpool have allowed City to come back into it now. Um, if Liverpool don't buy a centre back, I think it's going to be an uphill battle. Um, I, I think if we bring in a centre back, it gives everybody a boost. It allows, as I said, to, to, to bolster up our midfield with Henderson, Thiago, Andora, Wijnaldum, Kater, Shakiri whoever's, whoever's fit. Um, if we don't, I just think the the mood of the fans will will be affected um, and. <laughs> Look, I, I want I think Liverpool have got a good chance to go on and win this league. We've got have got a lot of positive. Jota to come back, Thiago to to be in the side now. Um let's kick on. Let's give everybody a boost. go and get a centre back in and, and real push City all the way.
1: Yeah, Kev O'Sullivan says saying, Are you trying to tell me that we can't borrow to invest in a player whose value will almost definitely increase. But Kev, it's about getting the right player. You know, I think they can get a player in, but you know, if they if Liverpool, for example, have their eyes on a big centre back in the summer, right? Virgil van Dijk, let's say the the talk of Virgil van Dijk coming back in March is correct. Liverpool will probably happily go with what they have until they can get Van Dijk back because they'll want to do the big one in the summer. They they don't you know, one thing we've learned about Klopp and Michael Edwards is they don't deviate from the plan too much very often. You know what I mean? They they'll they'll do something. Now I think this is an emergency. I think this is a break glass job now. I think they have to do something. But it wouldn't surprise me if they don't. Um it, it,
2: yeah it, it's a strange one I, they're stubborn mate and they've proven that in the past if they and, and Klopp is the perfect manager for FSG in the fact that he will just do will not do as he's told but he's quite happy to put his faith in young players uh, you know what I mean he, he's shown that many times before Um if there's if there's a chance to get a deal done, I'd be I'd be confident. But at the same time, I don't think we're going to be bullied into paying over the odds. Yeah. Um there's one thing, a couple of th- questions or a couple of points in the in the chat there. A couple of th- so, Ney has said, uh, and Matt Johnson have said, do I not think Manchester United are in the running for for, for the title because obviously I keep mentioning City. Uh, my my honest opinion is Manchester United have done fantastic to be where they are. Um, I think they have done that for a mixture of reasons. I think they get through games through the individual talents that they have. So the likes of Bruno Fernandes, I think, has been a, a a huge talent and an uplift for the whole club. Um, and he's put dragged them through some games. Um, I think they are winning matches by uh, a little break of luck here or there, penalties, deflections. Um, I don't think they're winning football matches because of the tactical now. So their manager, I think, when it really matters and they've got to cup semifinals or the Champions League's, mm-hmm. He shit their pants, and he's been exposed tactically. And um, I don't think Manchester United's form is sustainable over the course of the season. Mm. Uh, so, so my honest opinion is, I think Manchester United are the best of the rest. In my honest opinion, I think there might be a bit of a gap between third and fourth. And um, but my personal opinion is, I just I see it as a two horse race between Liverpool and City.
1: Yeah, I think it's a case of, you know, you're that aware where they are because Liverpool are sort of on their arse and Man City have had a slower start and are starting to come back into it. But Matt, I'll give you a thing. So we're going to talk now about the season expectations for the second half of the season. Do you see Spurs getting into the mix there, into that sort of top four or, you know, can they get into toward, you know, can what, what do you expect from Spurs for the second half of the season? Um,
4: it's, it's really a difficult one because you know people always make the point that we're relying so heavily on, on Harry Kane and Hoingman's son you know it's it's just not sustainable now I would argue the same arguments should be made with regards to Man United and Bruno Fernandes but with Spurs you, you never know what you're going to get until about like 5-10 minutes into a game you can usually tell uh, what it's going to be like and it's the, in the past, it's been the games against the the big six teams that have really let us down, and we've been you know picking up points against the the stragglers at the bottom of the table. But that seems to flip now with us like dropping stupid points against the likes of Crystal Palace, uh, against Newcastle, and you know Fulham tomorrow night. It's it's a game we think we should win, but, but you know we might not. And now we're picking up you know the the six one win at United, uh, the the win against City, wins against Arsenal as well. Those are the kind of games that we're winning now, and it's kind of for that reason it's hard to judge you know, where we are, because we just do not know what uh, do not know what to expect. And we're just such a different team to what we were under Pochettino. And uh, I said after the game against Everton, the first game of the season, we lost 1-0 to Everton. I said, I'd take top six because things will quickly turn sour under Mourinho if this is going to the season we're looking at. And then we went out and we beat Southampton 5-2, who had had a fantastic start. We beat United 6-1. We got into that period. Then um, after the last international break, we had seven games coming up, which were uh, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Leicester, Wolves and Liverpool, which is an incredibly daunting seven. And I said, if we come out of that uh, anywhere near the top of the table, I think we can win the league this season. I think we will win the league this season if we get through that period. And it started really well, but then we played Palace, then we played Liverpool, then we played Leicester and things really fell apart. And I think we're very lucky now that we're in uh, at this stage of the season haven't had what I hope is our bad patch of the season. And we're still only, what is it, seven points off the top of the table now with that yeah. game at Manchester United. We're still in the mix and that's really important for us ha- having come out of that uh, really difficult period but it's it's strange this season that the the congested period which is usually the the festive period for spurs is the next couple of months because we had our christmas eve game or our new year's eve game called off uh, we had a few other things uh around in there as well so it's it's gonna be really interesting to see how we actually fare once it gets to you know we have a period before the before the uh, carabao cup final we could potentially have um an fa cup semi-final on the sunday uh, a league game on the Tuesday and a Europa League semi-final on the Thursday, and then the Carabao Cup game on Sunday, which is absolutely bizarre. It it should never be allowed to happen, but it's it's that uh, that I think will uh, really come down and, and be the difference for Tottenham this season. And when you're thinking of that, I think our squad depth is the most important thing. And um, I, I said it earlier in the season. I thought Tottenham had the the best squad depth in the in the league, but then those kind of fringe players started getting on the pitch, and I realised we're in a lot of trouble. So yeah. I think. Like I said, league early in the season, I'm going to say top four now uh, as a hope and as an expectation because, look, the teams around us are. It's It's been a while since we've had a league where the teams around have been such a poor standard. You know, look at Arsenal, which is extremely funny, struggling to get into the top half of the table. And the likes sort of Liverpool, of course, none of their best cities, started slowly. Uh, United, although they are top of the table, they. they they don't seem like a a title-winning team. So I think because of the the lack of quality in the teams around us, I think it's it's our biggest chance to get something this season. And I can see us winning it. I think we'll win the Carabao Cup. I think we can beat City in that one. Maybe a Europa League as well and top four.
1: That's where it was going to come to. You know, the the chance of winning Cups at Mm -hmm. Spurs. You know, there is a chance there you go out and you play Man City. Nothing can happen in that. It's in April, isn't it? They've pushed that back. Mm -hmm. But Jose will not, he'll take that Europa League seriously as well because he done it at Man U he done it at Porto you know he's won that cup before and he he knows a run in Europe is a run in Europe whether it's the Champions League or the, the Europa League could that impact you as the season goes on do you think
4: yeah, no, I, I definitely think it can because you're looking at every other manager rotates a bit in the cup. And look, I know Josie did that, but if, if that's the strength of the team he's playing against, uh, Marine and what was the biggest uh, mismatch in FA Cup history, you'd be a bit concerned about he playing in the fifth round. If, if we do end up facing Everton then and you know, the, the fatigue will start coming into things. And you know, it's, it's been a, a massive debate in the Spurs fan base, uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, would you rather win the FA Cup or get into the top four? And, you know in the past it's always been getting into the top 4 you know a trophy would be great but with, with Pochettino it, it was a project and we were building something and the, the thing you need to to help build you a team is the the attraction of Champions League football so it was always let's get into that top 4 and and build from there but now we're in a situation where we look Jose Marino's a short term manager no spurs fan is going to try and tell you otherwise we 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 have him in for the now we want trophies now we want success now i don't care about 5 years time we want to reap the benefits of having this man at our club and then all of a sudden you think, well, an FA Cup is probably better than a top four. Because, look, we, we have the, the pull factor for players. We saw that in the summer with Regal on choosing Spurs and managing to get Gareth Bale back as well. The likes of Jose and, Horses stadium and the facilities that we have will attract these really big players. But when we're in the situation where we just want success now, it's the FA Cup that I prefer. It's the Europa League that I prefer. Of course, I'd, I'd love to be in the Champions League. I'd love to finish in that top four. But... In terms of the the benefits that we want from Jose's time at the club, we need to end that trophy drought. And if if Champions League is what we have to sacrifice, as difficult as as it is to say, I'd rather win an FA Cup or Europa League than than
1: finish. You get into the Champions League, and anyway, don't you? That That is the other hand, the other side of it as well. Yeah, to to, to go for. Um, Joe, lead second half of the season. I know we touched on it earlier. You can see them sort of staying around where they are or pushing up, you know, between that sort of 12th, 10th. do you, do you think there's going to be any worries with your squad in the second half of the season or can you see them last? And a lot of people criticise, you know, oh, they won't last the pace, they won't last the pace. And I know you've hoping on your show and you said, but we played 46 games in the championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it, the level is a bit higher and it's that little bit quicker. Even as Jamie was saying with Marine and Spurs, you know, championship, the Premier League, does not, mm. the intensity is that little bit higher. Can you see fatigue kicking in on leads or do you think you're not worried it's just a case of the, the quality is just a little bit short.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm not worried about that. You know, it's uh, it's a media narrative that's been around League United and Bielsa for a very long time, this whole chat of burnout. Um, I mean, we had someone telling us that we got promoted because of COVID the other week. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, um, it, it's always been around. But no, look, we, we've, like I said to you, Keith, you know, we played 46 games last season uh, and the season before. Throwing in the cups there as well. We're obviously now out of the cups, um, so no, I think we'll be we'll be alright. I genuinely, I know people laugh at me, but I still think we'll have a we'll we're in with the shout of Europa League, man. I know people will laugh at me, man. I th- I do think we'll miss out. I do think we'll miss out, but um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll we'll do all right over the course of the season. Not really. That's the thing about us being out of the cup now. It's like. I guess for the last two seasons, obviously, we've been chasing that dream of getting back into the Premier League and it's all like boom. But now that the Cup's gone for us, it's like, do you know what I mean? I know it's like 16 years back, but it's uh, it's been a long time, but yeah, it's a bit meh you know what i mean is that what i don't want to have to accept that as a league united yeah. fan and I, I, i'm we're a big club in my opinion yeah and that's why with bielsa and the current management team we we have we will get stronger and we will progress and it won't be long before we are back in europe i genuinely believe that obviously it might not be this season but um that will happen you know because we are we are a big club and then yeah i don't i, I would never want to accept that you know that like Oh, we're all right. Being a say a Burnley or a Palace or whatever, you know, not really, not really going anywhere, you know. And I think Leeds will, uh, will, will progress. But as for just my opinion on on the whole, on the like, Matt, there, I think Tottenham will get silverware. I think they will get top four uh, this season. Uh, definitely, I think they will finish fourth. Um told, do not No, I think that might go to that team across the Pennines, unfortunately. But they definitely won't win the league. You know this chat of them are we in the title race and well, at the top of the league? I guess you could say they are, but they're not really. You know, I, I yeah. agree with, with, with Jamie. Like he's been fan wanting in all the big games. Um, he's got to four semi-finals now and lost them all. Yeah. There's obviously a reason for that.
4: When you That's more uh, than Fergie, Sorry, that four, four semi-finals is more than Fergie lost in his entire time at Man United. Yeah, there
3: you go, there you go. And and <clears throat> I think the thing is with Oli. Whenever he has to take the impetus, when he has to take control, and he has to go at teams, he's found wanting. He doesn't know what to do. You know what I mean? He struggles to break teams down. I think, like, like when Leeds, for example, are going at them, then it's easy. You know, the quality will tell over ninety minutes. You know, they've got some blistering pace on the on the counter, but I think he's 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 found wanting. I do think personally, my the favourites are now City currently, as we are. And, if they were to go out in January, I don't think they will, but if they were to go out and spend big on a striker, then you'd have to be even more worried. Do you know what I mean? But maybe they wait for the summer for that. Maybe they're looking at Haaland. I don't know. That'd be oh, some
1: Maybe they're going to announce Leo Messi on a pre-contract for the summer and that gives them a big boost. And Sergio Aguero signs a new deal and the whole place gets a big, a big lift. I think that's what could happen at, at really? City but- who knows? Who knows, mm-hmm. Joe? Before mm. we wrap that up, um, I want to give you a little chat about uh Frank Lampard, yes, yeah, yes, not having, <laughs> having the best of at the moment.
3: <laughs> no, mate, no, yeah, I was gonna, I would have got round to him somehow. Um, I've seen the latest, I've seen the latest news yesterday that Avran Grant's coming, was Yeah,
1: I I've seen that yeah.
3: Grant's coming in to help him on his coaching staff. When Avram Grant walks through that door at Chelsea, you know your time's up, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. You do. Imagine if just stood there like that, like Jabba the Hut, just watching training. Thinking, when are
1: you go in, yeah. Frank,
3: man, I'm stepping <laughs> in here.
1: That's all that is, man. It's a recipe for disaster. That
3: all that is is Abramovich saying, when Frank goes, Grant can take over till end of season, and yeah. then I can go for my main man. That is yeah. all. That is. Frank's on borrowed time. I've been saying it for a long time. Again, like Solskjaer, they're just not there, man. They're just not there, but they keep getting these results. But, look, I've seen him in the Championship. Yeah, he can play some pretty, you know, football sometimes going forward, but, nah, he'll be found wanting, and he has been found wanting. Hasn't he? I mean, what, they've only beat West Ham in the top half of the table. I think that's the only yeah. team they've managed to beat in the top half of the table. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's 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 just absolutely gash. And I think the funny thing is, where does he go from now? Where does he go from Chelsea? Yeah, you know, he's got this such high opinion of himself, this entitled man, you know, bomb with a silver spoon in his mouth. Where Where's he going to go? He's going to end up having to rock up at Brighton or summer after Graham Potter's sacked And I can't wait for that, man, to be fair. <laughs>
1: it's, it's
3: brilliant, it, man.
1: <laughs> it's a good point. It's a sense of entitlement. It, it's similar. It reminds me to Ryan Giggs, you know, Ryan Giggs. Sure. Always felt that he should have got the manual job. Got the manual job, and like, get why not? You get the, yeah. it the salt At least he coached over in Norway, mm-hmm. but it was but just, it.
2: Compare, just compare
3: Lampard and Stevie G. Yeah, what Stevie, I know, I know. Scotland's a totally different kettle of fish, but he's not only one winning the league. You know, he's, he's got them going well in Europe, which is a tough task, man, for any Scottish team. To be fair, yeah. And I know Leeds United are big fans of Steven Gerrard. I keep mentioning it and people saying, oh, he's going to get the Liverpool job and that, but I don't see him being able to just shoe on straight into a, a Premier League winning side. I don't think Liverpool will probably take that jump because you could end up with another Ollie Lampard-Arteta situation. That's the truth. So I think it, it is a case of... I know Leeds are big fans of him anyway. I know Leeds are big fans of him. Yeah. I just don't think... He'll be at Rangers long enough for us to be able to get him after Bielsa. I think after this well, season, context, Stevie G.
1: That, that's what I was going to say to you. Is the lad's job going to be available? Like, and Bielsa has a history of just sort of coming mm-hmm. out of the deal and saying, look, mm-hmm. I'm are here. I've done what I can do, I'm gone. <laughs> You know, it could be available before the Liverpool job, and maybe that's the sort of thing for Gerard to do. Well, I agree with you. Like, some people say, Oh, Rangers, it's a two horse race. Celtic have won nine leagues in a row, yeah. three trebles or something, or four trebles in a row, something ridiculous like that. You know, to break that monopoly when they're going for the record tent, it's a huge scalp for him. And mm. as you said, he's doing it in Europe as well, which is, yeah. which is so, the thing that he can sort of dangle and say, Well, look, Scotland. He's playing good stuff really as well, man. He's yeah. been
3: playing
2: some good
1: stuff. I, I think that's the the big thing
2: when you look at these managers and you look at Lampard. He, I always judge a good manager, coach, whatever you want to call it now, is what players have progressed under yeah. that coach. That's why I always look at Klopp and I go so the way that he's been able to bring on certain players. And um, you know, and if you look at Frank Lampard, he has been given a war chest and yeah. uh, uh, and it's embarrassing the riches that he's had thrown his way and. Pretty much all of the the players that came in who had huge reputations across Europe have all regressed every single one of them regressed so much so they don 't even seem to be playing in their natural positions now and um, it's it 's a shit show whereas if you compare that to Gerard, yes, in arguably a weaker league. Structurally, Rangers are so well set up; mm. they hardly concede any goals. And this isn't just a, a, a quality of the Scottish league. This is they're doing the same thing in in Europe. And what I would say about Gerard in direct comparison to Lampard, because everybody always likes to compare yeah. him for, for whatever reason. It's always the way. But um, Stephen Gerrard's ego, he. He's already said he's learning a new craft. Steven Gerrard, the player, doesn't exist anymore. Let mm. me go away and earn my stripes. And I don't think for one second Steven Gerrard would take the Liverpool job next. I think he would go away and take another job, whether that be at a, a top European side, for example, um, or come to, to, to the Premier League, the likes of a, a Leeds, for example, someone that have uh, their ambitious, mm. huge history, fantastic fan base. That's one thing, Joe, you never mentioned before, actually. It, uh, just on, on the Leeds piece, they're playing in front of no fans. Yeah. And and I know from experience now, don't get me wrong, it's playing in front of 4,000 people instead of 60,000. But in, when you're playing and that the, the ground is hopping, your concentration levels are so much higher, so much higher because the stakes are higher. You don't want to make a mistake. You, you know what I mean? You're, you're constantly on edge. Your head's on a, a turn. You're playing with, with, with more intensity. It's It would be so hard for this Leeds team to come into the Premier League and play against these top sides where if they have one momentary lapse in concentration, which would be forgiven in this kind of dull, dead atmosphere, Mm. that's one thing that hasn't really been spoken about. I think Leeds, with a full-packed Ellen Road, would be a completely different Annoying proposition, back. especially the way Bielsa has you playing. High intensity, chasing, Harry and um, so that's one thing I think you know, if you just see this season out, solid mid-table, mm-hmm. upper half finish, and then hopefully when things come back to normal next season, um, I, I think you'll be in a good spot. But um, yeah, yeah I'd like to see Gerald get a crack at, at somebody, uh, as I said, topside in Europe, uh, maybe like a you know, a, a Dortmund or someone of the, you know, I've got some like that in, in, in my yeah. head. Um, or uh, an ambitious Premier League
1: side. So. Very Gosh. true. Very true. Well, it's a good point because Liverpool and Leeds, I tell you, the teams that are missing out on the on the lack of crowds. And Matt, would you feel Spurs are missing out? or do you think? Well, Chef United, um,
3: by the way, who finally yeah. won a game,
1: man! I was shocked to see that. But Matt, <laughs> how do you feel the Spurs fans would be taken like to Mourinho? Do you think it's soon Mourinho not to have fans there? If you know, Spurs aren't playing bad but Mourinho doesn't play attractive football. And I know there's this, the Spurs way and all that. Do you think it's benefiting Mourinho, maybe not having a crowd there, that Spurs can get on with their business?
4: It is. And look, it's weird to say um, we had, we had fans in the ground for, I think it was two games, but one of them was the Arsenal game. And I, we 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 didn't pack the bus, We played defensive football uh, as we have done for for the majority of the season, and I think the fans didn't really get on on the team's back at any stage because they were just happy to, to be back in the ground. And also, we got that early goal, and we were always in control of that. But um, Spurs Twitter is 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 a very toxic place when when Spurs don't win. You know, the same people who are coming out and saying. Uh, Jose, it's it's a masterclass from him. He's a footballing genius. When he beat City two 0 playing defensive football, are the same ones who were saying, "You know, this isn't my club. I don't want to see this football." When it was Liverpool who got a a last minute winner against us, so it's and look, people all said it, said it about United. I'm not going to deny it. The style of football is okay when you're winning, but when you're not, uh, it gets a bit frustrating. But I think regardless of whether it's frustrating you or or if it's bringing you joy, I think you have to find your own opinion on it. And you have to to stick with that and say. I'd have to trust what he's doing and trust that he knows uh, this is what will bring success or or not do it. And the fans are just so uh, on the fence with this at the moment. And it depends on you know, what's going on in terms of results, if we're lucky, if we're unlucky. So I, I think w- because of that, we are in one way lucky that there are no fans there because Jose can get, get on with what he wants to do. And maybe we'll have a trophy in there when fans get back in, or maybe we'll have uh, kind of perfected that style of football. But on the flip side... Jose has often said he's he's tried to get the team to play more attacking football, but they've been reluctant to do so. They haven't been able to, to get a hold of games in order to do that. And maybe fans on their backs in a stadium could allow us to get out better. Maybe we would have beaten West Ham, could have beaten Newcastle, could have beaten Palace, whatever it was. Um, but I think from a Jose point of view, he, he may be uh, slightly lucky that there's no fans there to be screaming at him at the ground
1: yeah yeah it's very true it's interesting you know that dynamic of what can happen and um, before we finish up uh jason leonard has thrown in have we not seen his comments jason if you're new to the show you might learn when i host i do be that engrossed in the sort of the on-screen chat that the the group chat to sort of fly boy so I, you could have been lashing in comments and they're just going boy and i'm not seeing them so apologies we try and throw as many up as we can but uh thanks for joining us and anyway um lads thanks for coming on tonight it's been a nice little chat there's a midweek fix but you know we're not really talking about the football for the here and now more just a generic overview so so matt listen thanks very much for coming on and i'd love to wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season but don't like jose so i'm not going to
4: <laughs> fully good understand
1: good <laughs> luck to you on your channel I'll, I'll wish you that i'll do that for you
4: thanks very much keith appreciate it thanks for having me on um all of us, i'm in i'm in the live chat here
1: when, when i'm not on the panel absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly welcome more regular 100 Um, joe Always a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, like I said, you're, you're nearly like a day trip these days yourself. Uh,
3: no, I feel bad for criticising the Liverpool
1: these days. I'm like, oh, god, they're going to, they won't be happy with it. Oh, <laughs> you stick to your guns, you stick to your guns. You don't want any of that pandering in here. You know what I mean? i are not about that. And uh, Jamie, people forget that you have your own pod as well, Jamie. So uh, have you any boot room stuff coming up soon?
2: Yeah, we're finally. Uh, so the other two uh, contributors, uh, one's working in America and he's absolutely mad busy last couple of months. So we haven't been able to get any get any out, but there's been talks in the background of hopefully getting uh, a couple of podcasts over the next few weeks. So fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, we should be able to get some out soon.
1: Yeah. So look at just anyone in the chat. Like These are three of the best sort of channels and podcasts. Apart from ours, you know, but if you don't <laughs> subscribe and listen, tune in because the the stuff these lads put out is absolutely top shelf. Um, so See, look predictions. We need to do predictions for the United game. Everyone's been
2: in the chat there. Let's
1: do it. Um, sorry lad you're going to have to give predictions for the United <laughs> game as well. I'm not even going to insult you as we use our predictions. How oh, we will? Joe Leeds home to Brighton. Who's winning?
3: Oh Leeds. Brighton, have uh, got Connolly, Welbeck, Lamp, T, Lallana, Ben White all out injured. Oh, I man. can't see past the Legion that i win, especially after the resting in the cup. Yeah. I think we'll win comfortably. I'm going to go three now.
1: Good man, good man. And my has has got I used to have Fulham tomorrow penning yeah. for uh, Scott Parker. I only got told yesterday or something about this game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that helps us out a lot. Um,
4: We we Fulham tomorrow, they're with Sheffield United away on Sunday. So two games against good good fixtures, fighters, yeah. Uh, look, it should be, but we are Spurs at the end of the day. Um, I,
1: spurs, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah,
4: some things never change. Um, look, I, I think we should be Fulham, and if that uh, questions would have to be asked. Um, So I'd say 2-0, uh, probably Kane and Son on the score sheet. And can I just say as well, Um, I'm actually loving, uh, Joe, you're on here, but you still managed to tweet out uh, United abuse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. just reminded me, like, no, someone reminded me, like, Scum's last six wins, West Ham, Sheffield United, Leeds, Wolves, Villa, Burnley. It's
1: no speciality, yeah. it really. But no, you you win he was in front of your board. Yeah, when yeah. you look dig into these things, there's always a reason. Now, Jamie, the big one: Liverpool, Man you at Anfield. What's yeah. going
2: on? Uh, I, I think the first things first is Liverpool fans need to hold the nerve a little bit. Yeah. Everyone seems a little bit nervous. It's like this: the last two years have meant nothing to a lot of football fans. There's a, there's a, Liverpool's performance this year is is littered with context, um, and all of a sudden. Liverpool fans are throwing in the title. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, it, it's it's cities, it's United. This United team aren't what they're cracked up to be. Um, my honest opinion is this game on Sunday, I think Liverpool will win. Um, don't get me wrong, it could be tricky. I think United will come in and look to um, to play on the counter. I don't think they're good enough to dominate the ball against Liverpool. And I think it would be silly of them to try and do so and, and come at us. Uh, I think they'll they'll sit with the low block. Uh, I think they'll look to go direct in the in the right hand channel to try and exploit the space between Trent and let's be honest, it's probably going to be Reese Williams. Um I think that will be the way home for them. My honest opinion is I think that Liverpool will, will will have too much for them. Um I I just I want to see Liverpool fans have a bit more belief in the team. Um, you know, it's a good. As I think I, wa- I sent a WhatsApp group today. It was a good job we won the league by so many points last year because it seems like a lot of Liverpool fans don't have a stomach for the fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 do you know what I mean? So look, it's going to be a proper title race, but Liverpool are bang in it. So yeah. let's get behind the team, a little bit of belief, um, and trust the players that have delivered over a long period of time. If if this if Arthur run three are able to get back into a rhythm, they've not been quite at it, and we've probably never seen that before, Keith. You know, we've, we've always been able to rely on one or two of them playing well. And if one of them has an off day, you know, if we can get them back to any type of rhythm. Um, a couple of goals from Mane helped there in the week. And we've got Jota to come back in, who was an absolute revelation earlier in the season. He should be back in the next couple of weeks. Liverpool are, are, are going to be set up for a, for a proper title
1: push. So Liverpool fans That's just have it. a bit more belief. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So, what what score are you going for, Jamie? I
2: didn't even. After all that choice, I didn't even give a prediction. Did I? <laughs> wow.
1: uh,
2: it was a rallying call without a prediction. Um, okay, I'm going to go two nil to Liverpool.
1: Yeah, I think two nil as well. Um, I think we're going to going to beat them as well. And I echo everything you've said there, Jamie. A lot of people don't have the the stomach for it and are cacking themselves about Man United. Man United could win. Who knows? It's a game of football, anyone could win a game. But you know. Uh, a bit of faith in Liverpool wouldn't go astray from Liverpool fans but look, we'll leave it there, I'm taking up too much is at time now gents, thanks very much for coming on and joining me tonight boys and thanks to everybody in the chat, remember this show is brought by Football Prizes get on, Jordan, uh, Jordan Henderson signed and framed uh, short excellent prize, get on and have a go at that sign up and subscribe to the lad shows as well um, and you know as I said great content, great stuff uh, and we we'll leave it at that, so look This has been the midweek fix over the now.